Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always variety in life. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I have lots of fun stuff to share with you. Uh, let's just say I had an awesome weekend filled, filled, filled with lots of good stuff. So uh, Saturday was an all-day event, but so worth spending an all-day Saturday with Oprah. That's right, Oprah Winfrey, the tour in Dallas, uh, near where I live. And Tracy Ellis Ross was her uh, celebrity guest. She chooses like one guest to interview on the tour, like a sit-down interview for an hour or so. And oh my goodness, I've always loved Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, especially since she was on sitcom Girlfriends. And by the way, side note, I wish so badly I could tell her this myself. I've been a fan for hers of several years before I even knew who her mother was. Yeah, most people know up front that her mother is Diana Ross. I didn't know that until later on. I was like, no, I was just a fan of hers. And then I was like, what? That's her mother? Wow. So I just, I wish I could tell her that myself, you know, because that just says a lot about her, that she's got so much talent. And I can't wait to share more about what she shared herself and, you know, in the interview. Um, Yeah, it was a full day event. I'll share more kind of an outline itinerary how it went down and all that good stuff and uh and i'll go in detail about her nice free lunch (laughs) been wanting to tell everyone that oprah bought me lunch because you know they had a nice lunch provided for everyone Seventeen thousand people at american airlines center in dallas texas from i think we were there from like 9 a.m to 4 p.m on saturday so so much fun and then today i went to north texas comic book show and it was pretty cool at Urban Convention Center, so I want to share um, some insight on that, too. And I'm really excited. I have a baby Yoda little figuring now. <laughs> so cool. I've been, like, anxiously awaiting the release of the baby Yoda dolls. And, uh, you know, I was like, why didn't they release those first? They didn't expect the show, I guess, to be such a big hit, especially the baby Yoda character that... I can't remember. I think they're trying to expedite it already. I know uh, Build-A-Bear was told, they told me firsthand that a rep from there, like when I visited Grapevine Mills Mall a while back, uh, they told me that they have a deal with them. Like they are going to get Baby Yoda dolls themselves at Build-A-Bear. But even that, they were going to have to wait a few months. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Baby Yoda dolls in general that they're making, I've seen them online and so, so cute and different styles and different accessories and just so cute. Can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, so I want to share with you all my, my weekend experience with those two events yesterday and today. Uh, and if you attended either event, whether it was this weekend here in Dallas or another Oprah tour show or, you know, she's doing like nine cities uh, on her tour or um, or if you've you know, have any other experience over here, just a fan you want to share, and or if you want to share, if you went to the North Texas Comic Book Show today, and or, you know, another comic book show, or you're a comic book collector, or what have you, or like me, I love comic book hero, superhero movies, um, then let me know. Love to hear your insight. So please feel free to call in, chime in during the show. Uh, get, let me give you the switchboard phone number here. Just jot it down or save it to your phone contacts, right? Now with pen and paper if you're old school like me. <laughs> okay, so oh, let's hear switchboard phone number. They changed my switchboard phone number, and I really need to update my business cards to have the have it accurate now. So pretty much everything I think about the switchboard phone number is still accurate on my card. Anyway, 
phone number. Here we go. Area code 516-387-1416. Area code 516-387-1416. Or you can tweet me live My t- at Coffee Talk WC is my Twitter name, uh, C-O-F-F-E-E-T-A-L-K-W-C, so spelled like it sounds. Uh, Coffee Talk WC, again, is my Twitter name. So, yeah, feel free to call in or and or tweet me live during the show. I'm trying to get the chat room open through Blog Talk Radio um, forward slash Coffee Talk with Shell, the direct link to my podcast that you can listen live on air by phone or Internet. Um, but yeah, regular show time is normally Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. I apologize for the hiatus, the delay last couple of weeks. I uh, went to my friend's annual Super Bowl party. My old college friends, it's a big deal for us to always try to at least do that. So we don't get to see each other nearly as much as we like to hang out. We used to get together at least once a month, and now it's like once every few months. And, you know, so that's a big deal to, to stick with at least one consistent event, which is the Super Bowl event we've done for many years now, Super Bowl party. Um, lots of fun. Thanks, huge thanks to Jen and Sean for, for hosting the last several years at their home. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, what else? Oh, Valentine's Day. How could I forget? And if you want to, I know Valentine's Day was Friday, but you know, it's still the weekend and never too late to spread love and kindness. So if you want to call in or tweet me live, live uh, for the next couple of hours, I'll be on air with any Valentine's Day dedications, whether it's for a crush or a loved one or, you know, partner, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, what have you, or just, you know, or a friend or a parent, I should say just because everyone's important. Um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be a or spouse. It could be, you know, a dear friend, like my good friend, Lisa. Uh, I won tickets, by the way, background story real quick on the Oprah event. I won tickets to a radio, thanks to radio station 97.5, the beat in Dallas, huge thanks to them. They had this contest, I entered it a while back. So I really thought I had one because, you know, it's been a while. And uh, I actually recognized their phone number on my caller ID when they called in and, and I answered and the nice lady said that I won the Oprah tickets. And so I won two tickets. And so a huge thanks again to them. It was very cool. And, uh, and so I chose my friend Lisa to go with me. Uh, she and I are the youngest in our group of, we both volunteer teach grief recovery classes to the community for the past several years. And she and I are the, um, and we're not young. I mean, well, nobody's old either. <laughs> I'm 45 and she's a few years older than me. We're, you know, think she'll, she's going to be 49 this month. Yeah. Her birthday's coming up really soon. And um, yeah. So, uh, she lost her mother a year or so ago. She's, you know, she lost a lot of family, actually, including her mother. And I also, you know, I've lost my parents and birth dad. And I lost a lot of family in a short time, you know, back in 2008 when my parents died six months apart. I lost several other family members within that time frame. So she and I, sadly, in that regard, have a lot in common. But it also helps to, you know, have someone to talk to that can, you know, empathize or, you know, relate and actually say, I do understand. I have gone through that, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, it was, I think it was really good. She seemed to really appreciate the event just as much as I did. We, you know, both glad that it was, it was a great friendship thing to do too for, for us, you know, spend the day learning and, and being motivated to just do better life. And it was just a wonderful event. Just felt, I guess the best word to describe it, it's uplifting. I'm not sure about the, there were a few husbands that the wives dragged to the Oprah event that 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they felt the same way or not. You never know. But I know a lot of a lot of women, at least including myself, that were there because majority of the attendees at this event were women. And um, yeah, I I it felt like it wasn't just me. It felt like a lot of people felt that same way that it was an uplifting event. So I would say that's the key word. If you're thinking about going to the Oprah tour, you know, still got a few cities left, or if you have been, I'd love to hear your, your feedback too. Um, yeah, but it was very uplifting. All right. Uh, let's see. I want to play a song as I kind of get, get settled here and see if I can get this chat room open through my blog talk radio site all right in the meantime here is let's go by artist named dean enjoy be right back are you ready call my friend Chimanji just be you know because I'm trying to think what would someone want to know about the event you know ask them. I'm going to see if I can get him on the air for a minute and just ask him if he has any questions or maybe he can help me think. <laughs> bear with me just a moment 
friend, calling old college friend that used to co-host with me. His nickname at that time was Patrick Cat. You may or may not answer. Sometimes I gotta leave a voicemail and then he'll call back on the show later. So bear with me for just a moment, y'all. Hello? Oh, goody. You answered. I'm live on air on, on Coffee Talk with Shell. Hi, Jamanji. Hi, Jabari. How are you doing? Hey. hey. I'm okay. Did you have a, you're okay. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. No, just a little tired right now. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I hear you. I've been so tired. Like, Every time, like today, I finally got home and was just feeling a little wiped out again. It thought I'll take a nap. Nope. <laughs> I just keep going. So, you know, I was like, oh, nope, I got to do this, got to do that, you know. So, yeah, it's hard to just rest <laughs> mentally. You know, it's like my mind's always going, or then I have to get up like, oh, I forgot to do this, you know, load of laundry or, or run an errand or whatever. And, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I got to find a way to let my body mentally and physically rest while at the same time, you know. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Oh, so did you see I went to the Oprah tour? Say that again. Oprah. I saw Oprah yesterday. Yeah, I kind of saw that you want tickets. That's kind of cool. Yes. Yes, that's what I was saying on the podcast. Yeah, ninety-seven point five. The beat. Shout out to them. Huge thanks to them. Yeah, I took my friend Lisa, but I just thought for fun because I was trying to think like. Like, what would someone wonder about the event? Like, what, like, would you have any questions for me about the event? Just so I could kind of show a different perspective. Um, any questions? Um, uh, (laughs) you might not be the best person to ask that because you're a guy, because there weren't many men there, by the way. (laughs) It was 17,000 people, and it was mostly women. There were like a few women that. They said dragged their husbands there, and I don't know if there's an interview about it on the news, but um, but yeah, but no, like what, like what would what would be something you'd wonder? Um, well, you said there's seventeen thousand women there. Um, was <laughs> she? I don't know. Was she as enlightening as you see on TV? I guess I don't know. I don't know the question. Oh, that's a. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's okay. It was just something, well, it was just something I thought of, but, um, because I'm, like, kind of sharing, you know, I don't know if I'll call it a review or not, but my personal experience from, you know, that and the North, no, North Texas comic book show today with Dave, but, um, I, uh, yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, I truthfully felt she was actually more enlightened. I, like, I don't know, maybe just because I was part of the purpose of the event was, you know, to, I mean, I, I called it kind of a motivational speaking event like there was like dance parties in between you know because it was Weight Watchers sponsored and and um you know so they encouraged people to move it Julianne Huff there you know who did a whole dance segment exercise segment which was really cool because I love her too and Tracy Ellis Ross was my favorite part that Oprah interviewed her and I knew she would be awesome because I've always been a big fan but she blew everyone away. She did so well that even Oprah stood up for her, like in one of her answers. She was amazing. But yeah, again, I think Oprah was, I mean, believe it or not, I really think Oprah was actually more enlightened than I've seen before. Like I always thought she was kind of positive and stuff, but she was 10 times more positive, enlightened, all that good stuff, motivational, but that could be because of the purpose of the event too, you know? But Uh yeah, you wonder something interesting. I was saying earlier on the podcast, I was always a fan of Tracy Ellis Ross. Like I used to watch sitcom Girlfriends and all that, and I've always adored her. I thought she was hysterical. 
I did not know until about a year ago. Like, I've been a fan of hers for like several years. And I didn't even know who her mom was until last year. Dave told me one day. I think it was because she was doing some award show. And Dave said, you know, that's Diana Ross's daughter. And I was like, what? I had no clue that was her mom. I was just a fan of hers. <laughs> I wish I could tell her that. Because she talked about, you know, being the daughter of Diana Ross at the, at the Oprah event yesterday. But the coolest part I guess that I, I know you hadn't asked for that, that I thought of to share that you helped me think of is the coolest part of that interview was like towards the end, she shares that her dream was actually to sing and she never pursued it because she didn't want to be compared to her mom, you know, Diana Ross, I love it, right? Could you imagine not being your mom and here's your dream to sing yourself? And the coolest part was she shares this and says, you know, that, so she went, you know, a different path, and she loved comedy, but singing was always her true dream, true passion, and the coolest part is after she admits this, she says that she got an opportunity, and she finally took it, and it's her singing in a main role in a movie, and then they show the cl- a clip from the movie of her singing, and she sounded great. I was like, oh my gosh, you could have been singing, like, fine on your own already, you know? It was so inspiring, you know, because I have that stage mm-hmm. right issue with with comedy and everything and so it was really cool to see her conquer her fear and, and sing. It was really touching. Well that's good. Yeah. And of course she's on blackish. I don't I don't watch I watched the show a little bit but I more know her from, you know, girlfriends and stuff so back in the day. <laughs> I don't miss that show. But I know Blackish is a big hit. I just don't watch a lot of T V these days, so but yeah. Do you watch it? Um not really. Yeah, yeah, me neither. My birth mom, she, uh, we were talking about sitcoms the other day. She goes, I thought you watched Modern Family. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, I watched two episodes that I couldn't get into Modern Family because my birth mom just loves Modern Family. So she, she's like, I can't believe you can't watch Modern Family. I was like, no, I like I like Sophia Vergara. Like, like she's on Ellen. I think she's hilarious, but I don't know what it is. I cannot get into Modern Family. And my birth mom just can't believe that I don't like that sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my brother used to watch about Blackish all the time. So, no, okay. But yeah. yeah, but no. Um, what'd you do this weekend? Nothing really. Sometimes that's a good thing. Like after this weekend, I could I could use a just restful, relaxing weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes I just want to stay home and read a book in bed. Honestly. <laughs> Other yeah. Times, like, I want to go to events too, but it's nice to kind of alternate, you know, take a break. Yeah. yeah. So, did you do anything for Valentine's Day? Um, not really. Just, I mean, just sat around. So. Well, well there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, here's your here's your chance. You want to share a Valentine's Day message for anybody? Um, Friend, mom, or or a love or a lover. <laughs> oh, let's see. No, not really. Whoever, whoever it is, I had Valentine's. I did tell him Happy Valentine's Day. Um, nice. Uh, I mean, I don't know many people. I guess Sarah. Well, it's Sarah. Happy Valentine's Day. I guess or well, Happy Belated Valentine's Day. So. Everybody yeah, I know, yeah. I think everybody I know is probably you know they married, so yeah. They got their, so everybody told them, 
you know, happy Valentine's Day. So whoever it is who's all single, I guess happy Valentine's Day. So Yeah. You know, Tracy Ellis Ross speaking of single, she's a she she a huge part of her speech to Barry was about being happy with yourself and being happy single. She's like I she yeah. said, I choose to be single. I mean she could easily have, you know, a boyfriend she wanted easily. But no, she said yeah. she she just, you know, she's just happy single, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. But it was really interesting. The coolest story she shared on that note, she said that most most women, including myself as girls, you know, she goes, isn't it funny when you think about women dream of their wedding day, but not of their marriage and not of their life. They just dream of that wedding day, that one day. She goes, so when I got older, I realized that, you know, like it, it shouldn't just be about a wedding day and you choose, you know, whether you want to be married or not. Like Oprah, Oprah, you know, is with Devin, but chose she didn't want to be married, you know, just, you know, live together, but not be married. And so it was really interesting. She said, so to be kind of, I guess, like symbolic of, of that whole thing, whole story. She said, that, like, I think, I think it was her first award show. She had this outfit made up and purposely had the dress color white and said like that was her moment like instead of the dreaming you know, the wedding day her that was her first big moment in her life with this first award show you know cause she's had tons of nominations and one since then but I thought how cool is that so she talked about like instead of like you know the wedding day that was her dream day you know for her life with the award show and you know found her passion like you know it's kind of like some people like some of my fellow comedian friends will say I'm married to comedy that's my passion or you know but no it was really cool like it was I mean, man, she got standing ovation. Like, I, I've watched all interviews that Oprah had done so far on this tour and thinking, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, it'll be good, it'll be great. And, I, oh, man, I, under, I underestimated this woman because, seriously, she was, like, I, I have to find the video. I hope it's posted online now because I want to send it to you because she, I love, I love how she talked so positively and so confidently about, you know, loving your life and being single and, and being happy, you know? It was really cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was already seen it about ten times more now. <laughs> okay, well I'll yeah. let you go. Thank you for answering and stuff. I know you're tired so I hope you get some rest and I'm gonna get back to, yeah. to hosting myself. But all right, Jumanji. Have a good week, okay? Hi, right, you have a good week too. All right, thanks Jabari. Bye. Bye-bye. In case y'all are wondering, uh, if you hear me saying two names when I was on the phone with him just now, it's because it's because his real name is Jabari, but the day I met him, I feel kind of bad about this, but he, he has no qualms about it, so that's good, and all my friends have nicknames from me. Um, I'm just Shell, like a seashell, which is fine with me, because that's what my parents nicknamed me the day they adopted me, so I love it, and I embrace it. Um, so that is actually my Nickname and my name I go by, you know, Michelle. And um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Jabari, the day I met him, and I said, hi, I'm Michelle. What's your name? I thought he said Jumanji. I thought he said, hi, I'm Jumanji. And I said, oh, that's a great movie. I love that movie, Jim. He's like, what? Yeah, it's a movie, Jumanji. Your name's Jumanji, right? He's like, no, Jabari. Well, it just stuck. I don't know <laughs> how Robert, I guess from that moment, our mutual friends, everyone nicknamed him Jumanji. And then, like I said, you know, all of us have, you know, nicknames. There's Peach and Fomer, Brad Jason, and and uh, my friend Jen loves Wizard also. She's Dorothy, and and Jabari's Jumanji. So <laughs> it's just a nickname he's embraced. So 
uh, anyway, in case you're confused while I'm saying two different names off and on when I talk to him. And it got more confusing when he co-hosted the podcast with me because at the time, especially the, well, gosh, early years of this podcast, it's been around since 2009. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll share this and then I'll play another song. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pageant dad because his daughter, Sarah, he mentioned, I think she's a senior now in high school, if I remember right. Can you believe that? When she was much younger, she was actually on Toddlers and TRs. Now I'm feeling old. Yeah, she used to do pageants when she was a little kid, and yeah, she was on Paul's Sierras and on the TV show at the same time that Jabari was co-hosting the podcast with me, so that was his, I call it his DJ name, was Pageant Dad, <laughs> and by the way, I do have an alter ego, with, which is Seashell the Rapper, but most people don't see that side of me, because I haven't, I've done a rap song before in the past, because I love rap, but it's been forever, and I really need to learn more how to rap, but yeah. Anyway, just side note there. All right, let's find another song. When I come back, I'll keep watching for your calls and tweets and share a whole lot more about this weekend with the Oprah Tour and J.C. Ellis Ross and Jillian Huff there and the North Texas Comic Book Show today and uh, share my own Valentine's Day messages. And if you have one yourself you want to share, I would love to hear them. So, again, you can call into Switchboard at 516-387-1416. Again, area code 516 516- Three eight seven one four one six. I hope y'all can hear me. I just realized the the mouthpiece wasn't down by my mouth. It was up by my ear. Oh my goodness me! So, so let me repeat. If you want to call in, ask any questions about the Oprah tour, or share your own thoughts. Uh, I just saw Oprah tour in Dallas the other day, uh, yesterday, with Tracy Ellis Ross, a special guest uh, in, that she interviewed there, uh, and or North Texas, excuse me, North, North Texas comic book show today. Um, you want to share the about that or just something that relates to that like comic books you know if you're a comic book fan um, or go to comic book shows or you went to the show I went to t- today or this weekend as well North Texas comic book show or the Oprah show uh, Oprah tour uh, call in let me know and or if you want your Valentine's Day messages so lots of topics here fun stuff fun segment tonight again area code 516-387-1416 or tweet me live at coffee talk wc in the meantime, let me find a different artist, different song for y'all. This is probably a good artist to play because his, this was his. A lot of these um, songs I play are first-time albums. That still amazes me. Like Bean, that was their first album ever. This one I'm about to play, Brandon Flippin, his first album ever, and it's just amazing when you hear it and you're thinking, "That's your first album." Like, oh my gosh, wow, what a way to start. This is really good. Um, but yeah, since he he just has this. I call it like my go-to faith song and and the album is just so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And uh, definitely like a life to death kind of process and journey and within, I think, and love uh, within, within his music and this album, these songs. Uh, anyway, I'm going to play this particular song if I can find it here. So, so good. Well, they're all good, but there's one in particular I'm trying to find. Give me just a moment here. One Night Overdue. Now, this one is kind of sexy, risque song, but it is just so beautiful. And I just, you know, Valentine's Day weekend and all. So, all right. I thought it would be a play tonight. All right. So, here we go. One Night Overdue. I'll dedicate this one to all the lovers out there. Be right back. Enjoy.
else I thought of that I can't believe I thought to share earlier uh, but anyway never too late so here we go so what I've been doing pretty much the last couple of weeks every night starting about 9 p.m. to about midnight instead of like watching tv or whatever well I love to read a book in bed usually during that time and write my own material for stand-up comedy and you know uh, or have meditation quiet time prayer time all that all that good stuff you know uh, I call it me time but what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is I have been focused on interacting and following up with the passengers that are quarantined, especially the ones on the Diamond Princess cruise ship, but others in general too, um, like Irish Ben. You know, there's a few that you've probably seen in the news by now, or if not, they've you know you can go online and find them easily. Uh, they call one of them Irish Ben, and he he in particular was actually quarantined. Um, came from Wuhan, I think, to England, 
and was quarantined there in England for 14 days with a group of people. Thankfully, they all, his group all tested po- uh, negative, excuse me, and uh, did not, you know, get coronavirus and, and now are out of quarantine. You know, he's with his uh, mom last I saw. They did a, a really good post Q&A interview with him and his mom after he got out quarantine. But every day he would post videos, blogs, and a lot of these passengers uh, that are quarantined on the ship and other places too that are quarantined, but especially the, the cruise ship, the Diamond Princess specifically, uh, that's docked in Japan, a lot of those passengers are, um, you know, tweeting every day, posting updates and pictures and videos and, and, and you know, and, and a lot of people, including myself, are checking in on them and like, hey, I'm praying for you. How are you doing? Need anything? You know, sometimes they just need like a word of encouragement. They say it goes a long way. Um, so yeah, Yardley Wong uh, is one of them. I just adore her. She is in a one of the cabins with no windows with her husband and her son. Um, I think they were going. I think they went to celebrate their anniversary. Um, and then she is very positive. Like I mean, you talk about that's one of the most patient people I have ever met. Um, then there's Sally and David. Um, I'm trying to remember where they're from. I want to say they're from England that are on the ship. They're just the cutest older couples. So cute. They're in one of the, um, I think they call them balcony deck cabins. And that makes a difference because if, from what I understand, you know, the updates change consistently, but I think the, or frequently, I think the last was if you're in a windowless cabin, then they added more times because you know they can only go out so many times i mean they're having to stay in quarantine stay in these rooms just to answer the door every time the crew delivers their food say you know the crew of course has to wear mask gloves all that and and put the food i think on the floor or something and then you know knock on the door walk away and then they they open the door but you know they can't open the door unless they have mask gloves all that on themselves to get their food and from us see the good news is, is at the very least they're eating well like the I haven't seen one passenger complain. The only complaint when it came to food was actually David, uh, the, the older couple. They're just adorable and just love how eloquently they speak. Um, David and Sally. David, unfortunately, he's a diabetic, and so he and he was very humbled about it. like it wasn't even like a big complaint, but understandably he had to you know put in a request and, and went viral online to get him help because he wasn't getting many meals that he could eat because of his, you know, restrictions being a diabetic, you know, nutrition needs and all, um, certain foods they can't eat. So that I felt frustrated for him. And um, the other thing I worry about for them is some of them have been talking about, even if they're not coronavirus, but like, you know, they feel fine, but then some other issue, like, like Yardley's mom had some issue with her eye and they had to wait a while to see the doctor and it, Thankfully, the doctor said it was just because her mom had rubbed her eyes too much, like in her sleep and stuff. But then there's others that I get worried about because there was one man, I think, actually had a fever for, I think, two days before they got a doctor to him. Um, I think that's improved since then because I saw they all got phones. Did y'all see that? They all got cell phones. I think smartphones. Pretty sure they're smartphones. I'm not sure if they're iPhones, but some kind of smartphones. And um, I don't know who did it. I don't know if Japanese government. I think I'm not sure. All I know is they passed out to all the passengers the other day these cell phones that had a pre-installed app, so that they could call for medical help. You know, regarding like health issues, talk to a doctor or um, you know prescription needs, whatever. You know, and I 
think and hope they I think they also have mental you know counselors because I mean I, I'm claustrophobic and I've been on a cruise one time my honeymoon and it was one of those cheaper lower decks windowless you know where we had one bed but technically it was two beds put together you know and um and I know that for sure because I fell off the bed in the middle when I rolled over the first night because they forgot to tie the two beds together. And I'm very claustrophobic. So I cannot even begin to imagine. I have a difficult time just going through an MRI. Like I'm awaiting an uh, MRI for my spine. I have to do that like once every year. And mine's coming up soon. It's due. And I am already panicked just about an MRI because I don't like to take the anxiety meds where I just want to tough it out and just just get the MRI done over with, you know, drive myself and all that. So I don't really like to take the meds. So I don't have to for it, but um, just, just, you know, tough it out and do it. Right. So I'm thinking I'm such a wimp. Like I can't even handle a 30 minute MRI very well. And I'm claustrophobic. Could you imagine being in a cabin? And even if you're in the, I mean, granted, I know even the passengers themselves are, are very gracious and kind about it and saying things like, you know, well, I, you know, if I'm, if they are in the, um, balcony type cabin, you know, at least I have for, I can walk out on my balcony and get fresh air, but they're, but even then, you know, they're still somewhat limited because they're stuck in their cabin, you know, now it's getting better. Um, it's weird. Cause like, you know, they're, they're been contacting their ambassadors for each country and, and presidents and all that. And so I, of course, I'm here in America. I know you know, a lot of Americans listen to this podcast, but there are other people from around the world that also listen to this podcast. So I personally am an American. So my country, uh, passengers from America, were given the option. Uh, I think they just left this morning or last night. I forget because the time difference there. You know, uh, I think when it's night here, it's morning for them. Yeah. So when yeah, that's right. Because I think that's right. Um, I'm trying to remember what the time difference is there. I have to look later. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so they were given the option. Well, well, depending on circumstances, like there were certain stipulations, like okay, you ha- wait, you know, you have to be um, no symptoms. And the saddest thing is they don't have enough. There's just so many aspects to the story. It's crazy. Uh, one is the stipulations. There's a few of them. For example, you can't have symptoms. I want to say you have to test negative for coronavirus, but honestly, I don't know if they tested all of them because they only have so many test kits. That's the craziest part. So a lot of people are so worried is they don't have enough test kits to even test all, I think, was it 3,700 passengers that have been on the ship? Um, so, yeah, so there's a group of Americans that were given the option, as long as they met certain stipulations like no symptoms, no coronavirus, that kind of thing, that could leave. Now, I don't know where they're going. I'm guessing they got to go in more quarantine just at a different location. Um, so that's one aspect of the story. Then there's some Americans, like this one, Matt, another one I follow that does really silly, uh, really great and silly food reviews, you know, to, to make the time pass. And he's actually really good at it. Like some of us are like, okay, this guy has a career. Like, seriously, he could be a professional chef or food reviewer or something like when it comes to food. He's, he's great. Like he would be a wonderful, no joke, food show, TV host reviews. Like he's, he's really good at it. He's very entertaining. And uh, very popular, and I, you know, a lot of us, including myself, follow him. And he is one of one of the Americans that chose to stay on the ship, but could, but had the option to leave. So some of them, like himself, are worried to leave. They're like, well, if I stay here, it's more quarantined. 
And then other, you know, he feels like he's taking a chance if he left the ship going to another destination, even if quarantine again there. He feels like, you know, you're getting outside before the, this quarantine's up. Let's just stay on the ship and get through this quarantine time first and then go out. Um, so it's really interesting. I mean, what would you do? Like, you probably don't know unless you're really in that situation. You know, how do you feel mentally, physically? You know, what does your instinct tell you? Like, that to me would be a very difficult decision if you had to decide whether to stay on the ship longer or or leave and then how much longer you'd be quarantined. Now, some of them on the ship, sadly, have to be quarantined double the time now. Those, they said, basically cabin mates. Like, uh, for example, there was one guy, um, the American couple, Rebecca was diagnosed, younger couple. She was diagnosed with um, coronavirus and her husband and those he has crutches in a wheelchair and I think they said he's diabetic and they were on their anniversary and she's usually you know like they said she's usually the healthier one so they were shocked when she got diagnosed and they sent her off to a hospital I'm not sure if she's back on the ship yet or still in the hospital I'm not sure exactly where that is because I think they gave a timeline that she would be coming out of the hospital close to the same time I think quarantine would be over but now last I read on that update was that any passengers that had a cabin mate, you know, or close proximity to these, uh, anyone that was diagnosed with coronavirus, they have to stay another 14 days. So the, the initial 14-day quarantine ends on February 19th. So starting then, they have another 14 days to go. I could not imagine. And I think they're stuck on the ship, I think, if, I'm, if I read correctly. I don't know if they get an option to be quarantined elsewhere either and then it's like if you choose to leave the ship do you even know where you're going do you know where they're gonna you know are you gonna get to go straight home and be you know i know i know even yardley was saying can can they just let us leave the ship and just be quarantined back at our own home you know just be comfortable in our own home now because they've gone through so much you know stress already mentally physically I, i could not i just couldn't even imagine i mean like I said, you know, I'm claustrophobic. I went on that one cruise ship. It was just like a, a short week ship, uh, a week long, you know, next U.S. to Mexico. Uh, I think we were supposed to go to we were supposed to go to Cancun, but they said the water was too shallow, so we went to Cozumel and Playa del Carmen. So I think I think it was pretty quick. I mean, I think seven days at most, and you know, at least two of those days we were docked, you know, visiting the cities and and then back. But I mean, some of these people had already been on the ship like a month some like a week or two some of them even a month you know because they were you know going different places or celebrating most of them were celebrating you know anniversaries birthdays what have you but uh yeah please keep them in your prayers positive thoughts like this whole coronavirus is just a nightmare um my prayers up for for everyone and dr lee so much respect to dr lee who is definitely a hero and i hate that he himself you know tried to warn his colleagues that about this coronavirus, and then you know, one of them, I guess, apparently took a snapshot picture of his private group message to the colleagues, his alumni and colleagues, and um, then you know, word got out, which uh, you know, wow, and that's something that he tried to warn people and they didn't listen, and then you know, government, you know, Chinese government, you know, threatened him and made him sign something to say, you know, that he wouldn't basically, you know, say any more negative like that, and then. It was just so sad, so sad. And then the sad part was that he ended up getting coronavirus himself and died. And, and you know, the sad thing was like the picture he's holding up of words that say, finally diagnosed. Can you imagine? 
here he tried to warn people knew about it before it got out of hand and then he wasn't taken seriously or they just overlooked it or you know just just so so sad and i mean i i know i have a public relations degree i understand to a point pr but at the same time you know we call it crisis management that's a big pr and this is a huge pr nightmare for china of course i mean and and japan too like japan's got you know the olympics coming soon and they're freaking out because they've got this cruise ship you know these passengers quarantine and you know they they definitely don't want to lose Olympics. I mean, that's a huge deal for their country. But, yeah, it's definitely crisis management control time. But at the same time, I think it's overboard. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's confirmed. But the rumor, like, supposedly when Dr. Lee died, that they were going to put him back on life support to say that he had not died, to to to, to not have a, such a negative light image on the situation can you imagine like i hear stuff like that and it scares me because i mean i know we read a lot of pr you know study a lot of pr cases of crisis management especially and things like that do happen sadly and it's just so wrong like like where where's the ethics where's the morale the, or i'm sorry moral you know and that like whoa it's just too much and um but yeah so i'm definitely extremely thankful for Dr. Lee and and his family. I'm keeping all of them in my prayers and as well as, I mean, everyone. I mean, from the passengers being quarantined and their families and missing them far apart, worried about them, um, to um, the crew. I know so many people have been so worried about the crew, especially now some of them have unfortunately been infected with coronavirus. And there's the, the passengers speak so highly of this crew. This the crew, especially the kitchen crew, they said the crew, all of them, you know, they went from their regular jobs and you know, I work on a cruise ship, I have a regular job, you know, day to day, like eight hour shifts, what have you, and now they're doing like thirteen hour shifts and they're not quarantined. You know, they're working in the kitchen side by side together every day and they're you know, they they don't want to be there and and yet they work hard for them and I think it, at the same time it shows you, you know, you don't have to be a doctor, which don't get me wrong, doctors are awesome too. Like there's a there's so many amazing surgeons and doctors and 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 lawyers and and all that too. But you don't have to be a lawyer or doctor to be important. You know, you just be you and do the best you do at your own job and your own strengths. Like the crew, I mean, they are invaluable. Like they, I don't know if they even realize how much difference they're making in these passengers lives day by day like these passengers are are putting like these really sweet um thank you notes up on you know and the even the kids on the on the you know drawing pictures too and how valentine's you know they just had valentine's day on this cruise ship and i could go on and on i could talk all day all night i'm just fascinated i've always loved sociology and love people and i just think it's such a nightmare at the same time I, I'm thankful, and, and it's not much, but I'm thankful that they can get on Twitter and, and other social media, and, and, and good for all these passengers that are brave enough to reach out and share their stories. Um, Rebecca, the American, she was actually being interviewed live while she was getting the knock on door, being told she was just diagnosed with coronavirus, being told she needed to pack her bags, go to the hospital. And then she did more interviews, you know, from the hospital. And she says she feels fine, just like a little cold, but not much. And you know, you hear her cough. She looks a little tired. Probably hasn't slept much, but overall, she, you know, says she's, she's like one of the lighter cases, and she'll be all right, thankfully. But yeah, I mean, 
kudos to all of them because it's, it's you know, their bravery, like their courage to speak out and share their stories and what's going on with this whole mess that, you know, when while they, you know, are going through the challenge themselves, like, wow. So, yeah, kudos to all of them, the crew, the passengers, the captain. They said the captain has just been amazing. I mean, that's something to to hear these passengers actually compliment the crew and the captain. They never complain about it. Never once have heard complaint. They always speak so highly of them and, and saying, you know, they've handled such a terrible situation so positively and so well. So that's, I've learned a lot from them. And I just, yeah, day by day, night, mostly night by night, <laughs> from 9 p.m. to midnight, I just get on Twitter and write them and, and read all their updates and check on them and say my prayers for them. And I know it's not much, but I feel like it helps them, you know, even if it's just a little, you know, hey, checking on you tonight, praying for you, you know, all that stuff. So I know it's another topic, but again, I just could go on and on about it. Um, and, you know, it, kind of leads me back to the overture because that was um let me see if i found the work but they get this you know bag of goodies it's really nice it's like a burlap style bag and inside it has this workbook we used during the event and then you know homework too from it and um very motivational and you know like i said it was a weight watcher sponsored so of course it's intertwined um it's interesting because i never realized the model for white watchers was so behavioral related which is kind of cool so it makes sense they would have like positive attitude and mental exercises and it has you do these um answer these questions and then score your points and then see like which areas of your life need most work on and you, you'll see your strengths you know it's because you want to see the positive too and my no not the prize because i tend to shut down and have to work on open communication so of course the area that i need most help in is relationships and my second and third, which I've been working on, um, but need more improvement, of course, is nutrition and movement. Because, you know, we eat better, exercise more, which thankfully I have been working on, but still got a ways to go. But, you know, 2020, and I think I've mentioned a few times now on this podcast, I hate setbacks. I keep having setbacks. Like, I'm doing great. Things are going well. Then something happens, like like the injury, the fall. You know, I was like, oh, I don't feel good. Great, crumb. You know, here we go again, <laughs> another setback, and then I just gotta, you know, heal, get my body healed, and then get back up and get back to working out and all that good stuff. So, I guess I just get a little frustrated sometimes because, you know, it's like everything's going fine day to day, and then another setback, but. God be willing, I can keep overcoming the setbacks and just keep getting back up again and overcoming them. Um, so, yeah, and then um, I have this, like, free Weight Watchers cookbook, by the way. It's really cool. And the Weight Watchers people are really nice, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't – I'm still learning about it. I know a little bit about, you know, tolling the point stuff. And I know I have some family members that have been very successful with the model. So that's encouraging. And my – not my family doctor, but my GYN, maybe because I've had so many hormone issues. You know, it was directed to me in 2003. Um, my GYN has been strongly urging me to try the Weight Watchers too um, for a few years now. And I've just been hesitant just because I didn't know much about it and I was scared and unfamiliar. But now I'm not, I'm not scared anymore, which is really cool. Really, really cool. And let me find this workbook. Where is it? I want to read like a couple of the questions for you. Here we go. Um, so there's, there's a section each, um, emotions, learning, work, 
nutrition, and that's for the mind. And then for the body is nutrition, movement, and for the spirit is purpose, relationships. And then you answer these questions and total scores, again, relationships, nutrition, and movement are what I need to improve most on. Um, I wonder what my highest score was. Let me see, just for funsies. My highest score was... My highest score was work. I don't know. The, I guess that's good. I don't know. Or does that mean I work too much? I don't know. I mean, I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I really love my job. But I work sales. <laughs> so I work a lot. Um, and learning. Work and learning. That that does sound like me. Work and learning were my high, I had a score of 20 and a score of 17. And they were my highest work and learning. That's funny. But that's true because even with work, I'm constantly learning. I always find ways to improve my pitch, myself, my uh, you know, and I love to learn. I mean, I love to learn. Like I was terrible at history. I was terrible at art in school. And so I, um, I don't know. I just had this moment of clarity several years ago where I realized, you know what? It's never too late to learn. I could try again. So I started reading more books. I love reading books. I love listening to um, BBC news around the world at night. Oh my gosh. I love that to hear different countries and their stories. Um, I was terrible at history when I was younger, so I feel like when I at least listen to the news, granted it's more of the present, but they do kind of cover history too, Um, and then reading books, of course, helps, and uh, yeah, I did this thing, actually, even when I was younger, I loved to learn um, that I had my parents bought a set of encyclopedias, and I would literally, just day by day, just go through them and read, and can you believe my husband did the exact same thing as a child? Isn't that something? We discovered that we each loved encyclopedias so much that we each would just read them for fun to learn. How cool is that? Oh my gosh! Yep, yeah, match made in heaven, right? And and um, I lost my train of thought. Let me come back to it. Come back, thought. Come back around. Got my lasso, trying to catch you. It was um. Mm. Learning and work, oh yeah, and um, and I was also terrible at art, and so I joined um this group at the library where I can take free um introduction art classes. So I've learned how to do like matte pencil drawing and and painting and just the basics, but it's more than I could do in junior high. I almost failed art class because of paper mache when I was in sixth grade. How sad is that? Yeah, so it's never too late. To learn, um, just for fun, let me read this to you. This is in the workbook. It says, true wellness is the healthy balance of mind, body, and spirit. We each have our own sense of balance, which shifts through time and experience, making wellness a lifelong journey. When balance is achieved, we enter into flow, life without resistance. This is one of my favorite paths in Maui for morning hikes and taking delight in the glory of nature. Uh, Oprah said that, and there's this beautiful picture Oh, beautiful picture where she takes the morning hikes in Maui. Yeah, did y'all know? A lot of celebrities live in Hawaii now, including Oprah. She got a home, a really nice home in Maui. Um, Yeah, so I was lady earlier today about it. Uh, Went to the North Texas comic book show on the way out. It was in Irving where I grew up, and this lady and I were, um, she was an Irving rep, you know, like a a visitor tour guide rep. She was so sweet. And uh, shout out to Jill. So, so sweet. And we were talking about that, and she started naming several, and I was like, wow, several. I was like, I know Woody Harrelson. I think she said Owen Wilson. Um, now I'm blanking out. She named at least 10. 
celebrities that have been living in Hawaii a lot now, or for a while now. And she asked, she knew Oprah had that home in Maui. I was like, wow, this is interesting that so many of them chose in Hawaii. Can't blame them. It's beautiful and probably more private, right? Privacy. Can't blame a celebrity for wanting more privacy. Because <laughs> it gets kind of hectic with paparazzi in the U.S., I'm sure. Uh, speaking of Justin Bieber's back, he was amazing on SNL. Did y'all see that? So good. All right. Well, I'm going to play a song because my voice needs a break. Feel free to call in and share Valentine's Day messages or ask me about the Oprah Tour or share your own comments about Oprah Tour, Chase Dallas Ross, or any of her other uh, interviews and, and city tours she's done, or just Oprah in general, and, or the North Texas Comic Book Show, or you want to share your thoughts on anything related to comic books in general. Or again, if you want to share your Valentine's Day messages, or you just want to say hi, a lot of times we'll just call and say hi. <laughs> All right, so still got a whole hour to go, plenty of time to call and say hello. Again, the switchboard phone number is 516-387-1416. Again, 516-387-1416. And you know what? Where is it? Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say something, and then I forgot. That's okay. All right. Okay, so we've played a song by Bean as well as Brandon Flippin. Let's play a different song now by Misty Mayhem called Reason to Live. Be right back. Well, I ain't no millionaire living up high, looking down on the world, slave away so I can make a dime. I ain't up in Hollywood, memorizing lines, making money off my makeup.
So good. Again, that was Reason to Live by Misty Mayhem. I love that soulful vibe she, she always brings out in her music. So good. Uh, and look her up. Go to mistymayhem.com. She's from the Carolinas, so she does most of her performances in North and South Carolina, but sometimes she travels elsewhere and can always listen to her music online as well, of course. So, uh, yeah, that's get Misty Mayhem. Go to mistymayhem.com. You can find her on Facebook. Earlier I played Brandon Flippin's music. You can find him as well. Um, uh, let me think. Well, you can find all of them on YouTube. They all have YouTube videos. So Brandon Flippin, or I think it's B Flippin Music, is uh, his Twitter name and Instagram name. And Bean, uh, I played her song in the beginning. That first song I played at the beginning of the podcast called Let's Go. You can find her music on YouTube. Uh, her full name is Noelle Bean, and then her artist name is Bean. And she has a few music videos that are just so cute. There's Cops and Robbers, a music video, uh, Roller Coaster, and oh, my favorite, Roller Coaster is probably one of my favorites, but my absolute favorite music video and song of Beans that just ties in so well together is called Wildfire. So, so, so good. She has this dog in the video. It looks kind of like a coyote slash dog, but it's a dog, and it's just Oh, it's just so cute. She wears a pink wig, and she just, I just love to see that free spirit side of her, and it's just, it's a really, really cool video. I just love that video, um, and I think it's called an Airbus that she, you know, she's, she's in different scenes, like one scene she's in a bathtub, another scene she's like in this, I think it's, that's, that's pretty sure they call it Airbus, um, what else? Uh, and then like her friends and her like outside camping and this dog I'm talking about it looks like Cody and all that good stuff yeah it's just so so cute but I just you'll know when you hear the song you'll be like oh that's why she likes the song you'll probably you'll probably get it uh, but yeah it's just it's just like especially if you're like me just love people or just like a free spirit um, kind of person and yeah it's a great song a <laughs> great vibe okay got a little under an hour to go um, so again if you want to call in and say hello uh, switchboard phone number, excuse me, uh, I can tell my voice is getting tired, and I apologize, you know, all that cheering and hollering over the weekend, <laughs> I mean, it's Oprah, <laughs> all right, and Tracy Ellis Ross, and Julian Huff, like, oh my gosh, you know, um, yeah, I felt like I had a really good workout yesterday, honestly, because there were so many times we would, you know, get up and do the dance parties and stuff, you know, I love how they call them dance parties because I do that. I work from home, right? So I get up and I take breaks and I'll blast some music and I dance around the house because I have to, like, you know, be mindful and stay active and not just sit all day and have a mini uh, trampoline I jump on, which is really good because I learned learned a long time ago, a uh, few years back, about your lymphatic system is very important because mine got blocked and I got real swollen and it was horrific and I felt so miserable for a long time and I never – like I had moon face and all that. It was, it was so scary. And uh, cause I had to be on prednisone for a long time and it had horrible side effects. And so I learned all about the lymphatic system. So yeah, but, but dance parties are fun too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I have the um, mini trampoline and yeah, I, that was one thing I actually wanted as a kid. I always wanted a, a regular trampoline and we didn't really have much of a backyard though. And you know, trampolines, I think, especially when I was younger were expensive. So we never had one, but I love my mini trampoline. It's, it's, it's good. It's good to keep your circulation going. And, and it, I think they say like 30 minutes on a mini trampoline jumping on that's like the same as running a mile or something. I mean, it's a, it's like, it looks easy, but once you start doing it, you can feel the intensity, like it gets harder, you know? Um, yeah, but no, anyway, uh, let's see. Um, I guess that kind of ties into the Oprah event. 
talking about, you know, working on relationships, you know, I tend to shut down. I don't like, I hate arguing. I can't stand to argue. I do get mad sometimes and I do argue and I can't stand it. And I can't stand when like someone's mad at me. I can't sleep for days or eat, you know, or sleep for a long time. Like if I know someone's upset with me or mad at me, it, it bothers me until they're no longer mad at me. It's so unhealthy. I know it's, it's terrible. And so these are like big eye openers for me, like where I'm like, I love you, but I can't not eat or sleep like I have to eat sleep like I have to live my life just because you're mad at me I can't let it stress me out like I did before you know that kind of thing Um, and I can't people please that's my number one issue and it's been since day one as a child is I tend to people please and I've gotten a lot better about it overall but it still comes back sometimes and so I'm trying to be so much more mindful of that so yeah again that's the for me personally the three Things I have to work on the most from what I learned Saturday at the event with our workbooks <laughs> is relationships is my biggest weakness in that regard. And I know why is because I'm terrible at open communication because I hate to, to argue and I just got to do it and talk it out and move on and um, working on that. And um, and then second and third tie in together nutrition movement, which I am thankfully already in the process of working on. Because um, even those scores weren't like too low, they were just lowest points of like compared to the other, you know, categories. So, but thankfully, they, the points weren't too bad. So, you know, that's good um, in that regard. So, like, you could tell from just looking at the numbers that, like, you know, it kind of showed that I am working on it. <laughs> so, that's good. Uh, yeah. I love Camp Gladiator and, and our local rec center, uh, North Richland Hills Rec Center has like a uh, indoor swimming pool. I love swimming laps. I love hot tub. Um, I love yoga. I love Zumba. Um, I love bar class. I challenged myself. I think it was a few months back. I wanted to try something different, and we had a work holiday. We won't give, we aren't we aren't closed that much because I work from home. Like tomorrow, you know, we'll work even though it's President's Day. That's all right. Um, but it, it, I think it was maybe it was Christmas time a year ago. I can't remember. It's been a while. Anyway, I just remember it was like a holiday break, and it was a Friday morning. They were doing this class called Bar, and I, you know, I normally do mostly yoga, Zumba, and um, I just wanted to try something different. So, and water aerobics. I love water aerobics. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a new class. I was really scared. I don't know why. I was just scared to try a new workout class, like something I'd never done before. And when I was a kid, I was actually in ballet and tap for one year, second grade. I lived in Waco, and then we moved. And parents couldn't afford to, you know, redo all that, you know, after a move and everything. So I was only in ballet and tap one year, and I loved it so much. I didn't want to quit. I wanted to keep going, get better at it, but just didn't happen. So when I heard about this bar class, it basically intertwines ballet moves and exercise, and I loved every second of it. Oh my gosh! And I'm so happy. And then they, and then they, and then I went away, like a temporary class at them, and then it was gone. And then they recently brought it back. So I really want to get back to that too. Um, yeah, check it out. It's really cool. Oh, and and my my one of my favorite classes. Unfortunately, they don't have right now. So I may have to just buy the sticks and just do it at home with videos is um pound like like you pound with drumsticks p-o-u-n-d it's like you're doing full workouts 
while you're using these like drumsticks and you know like you're playing drums to the music and it's but it's a full workout and it was so good and I missed that class so much. I I didn't I don't know what happened. I thought it was a popular class, but they switched it out for like this barbell class. And since I you know had that fall a few weeks, almost three weeks ago, or you know injured, you know couple mostly two fingers, my pinky and the finger next to it, mostly on my right hand, but like part of my palm swollen and stuff. So I just say I injured my right hand because overall I did. And um, yeah, anyway. So things like that, I'm very hesitant to do still because I still have, you know, I still have pain and stuff from my right hand. I just tolerate it. <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, could you imagine even if it's just a sprain, like sprain finger, sprain hand, and then picking up a barbell that's like really heavy. Oh, no, I can't even open a like a regular Coke bottle very well by myself or water bottle, you know, lid. I have to ask for help sometimes or I, or I don't like to ask for help. So I try to do it by myself and I try to use the can. Um, you know, like, I'm sorry, either a can opener or a, um, uh, what's that called? A jar, jar opener. I put the jar opener around the lid of my water bottle to open it on my own. <laughs> there are, there, I mean, you know how it is. Like when you go through something, you, you get resourceful and you find solutions and ways around things and you learn a lot about yourself. Let me tell you, because this, uh, you know, for me is actually the, it's kind of sad to say, but it's, the least of my injuries, thankfully. Um, it's just sad that I've had three bad falls, but yeah, I broke, you know, tripped and fell every time. All three falls tripped and fell on brick at Fort Worth Stockyards 2008. This piece of brick wasn't paced down. I didn't see it. Tripped, went forward, broke both arms. 2012, Father's Day, playing put-put golf of all things. And on the um, little concourse section of, of one of the put-put golfs, you know, I just like was walking over you know, leaving that particular course to go to the next one to shoot the next golf thing, uh, put the golf. Yeah, um, I was walking over, like, you know, they have the outline of the course part and misstepped. Like, they had these bricks laid around it, like board, like a border around it, and misstepped because one was, ironically, missing. So first time was brick that wasn't paced down. Second time happened to be somewhat brick as a border laid out, you know, like sign that, if it was me and didn't see it, so that it was missing a misstep. So it was like my foot went in the air or something, and I tripped and fell. Went for it again. That time broke both feet. <laughs> and then this, once again, I tripped and fell. And this time, now, so 2012, and what's this, 2020? So, yeah, this is the longest I had gone without a fall, thankfully. And uh, and this one was very minor in comparison. Um, and this one, um, if you hadn't heard the story, it was basically I was on the sidewalk walking to the venue almost to the concert Dwight Yoakam concert and in Deep Ellum part of Dallas and I didn't even know what had happened I was like why did I just fall like it happened so fast so sudden now all three of them did out honestly they caught my doctor said they're all three trauma falls and um because they were so fast so hard you know and uh so I know I'm very lucky <laughs> this could have been much worse um so yeah just injured mostly part of my right hand and looked back to try to figure out what happened and we discovered that there was a stop sign that should have been completely pulled out of the ground but instead city of Dallas apparently or whoever only sawed it off to the end and so there's very last part of this little stop sign at the end on the ground was sticking out 
on the sun, just barely. You could barely see it, and that's why I tripped on it, because I didn't see it dark. And, and even in daylight, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that tripped over that. And I, it, it did put a question. I hope and pray they removed it since, because that, that was just a nightmare. And the weirdest part was it wasn't, like, laid out on the corner. It was laid out in the middle of the sidewalk. Isn't that weird? So weird. Anyway, but that's what happened. And uh, and I was very fortunate that when we went to the venue, I, you know, I just thought I would ask for a first aid kit and at least get a Band-Aid or something. Oh, man, they had four paramedics. Apparently, they have four paramedics always there on site for events. So I got so lucky. <laughs> they wrapped my hand. They gave me ibuprofen. Ice. They were amazing. Amazing. And then they made the concert for about the first hour, and then we left because of not feeling well. You know, when you're in so much pain, you get kind of nauseous and then started getting that bad. It was really crowded, like sardines crowded, so that didn't help matters. I think it just made me feel worse because I was already, you know, hurting so bad and then, I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I don't do well with crowds. Like, I don't know how I got there yesterday of 17,000 people because it was so crowded and we waited um, an hour for our lunch. Oh yeah, let me go through the timeline of yesterday. So, I'm going to play this next song and then I'll just kind of run run through the outline of everything we did at the Oprah event. Okay. And in the meantime, let's find a song. How about Brandon Hilton, my dear friend? I miss him. Uh, you can find him on Facebook and check out his fashion line, Out Man. And in the meantime, let's see. Here's Glamour. This is a great song. I'll be right back. Yeah. 
you know, I hold back way too much and I've got to just be more vulnerable and willing to share myself. And, you know, I see people like him doing that and, and seeing how much it's helped others too, hearing his story. And that's so, so cool. But yeah, that's why that particular story is one of my favorites and it's very open and real and raw and I love it. Um, So yeah, beautiful. And check out Midnight Cabaret. It's a movie that features Brandon Hilton and it's by my friend Donna Clark, a movie director, and Jonathan Hobner is in it as well. I call him Sunshine, another friend from the Carolinas. Um, but yeah, Midnight Cabaret, I group interviewed them and had so much fun going to visit them and seeing where the locations where they filmed the different scenes and stuff. So uh, you can find Midnight Cabaret also on Facebook and tell Donna that Shell said hi. <laughs> All right, and there's another song I'll try to play later. Uh, it's kind of a slower song. It's called Heart Goodbye. That's a theme song written by Jonathan Hobner and sung by Brandon Hilton. That theme song to Donna Clark's movie, Midnight Cabaret. Oh, that reminds me. A couple of things. I'm going to go through the Oprah itinerary, just kind of overview, uh, see if I left uh, left out a few things, you know, that went, we went experienced through the day at the Oprah tour event yesterday in Dallas. Um, but kind of going back and forth here, just changing it up a bit. Went to the North Texas Comic Book Show once again today at Irving Convention Center. My favorite part of the day, well, a few different favorite parts, but one of my favorites was meeting Ron Mars, who has done tons of work, but my absolute favorite work of his is Silver Surfer. It is a wonderful comic book. It's also a wonderful cartoon I miss so much on TV. I'm always inspired when I meet people that come up with something so innovative, so creative, you know, put this idea out there in the world and and it and it happens. And I just think that's so cool. I remember being in college and having to come up with a dream board and learning what a dream board was, you know, like the storytelling board, not just a dream board, not just your vision board, but a actual like story, like outlines, like just imagine like you're gonna do a TV show and you created your own storyboard, your own scene you know, drew up like say four or five main scenes, you know, from like a 30 minute, you know, sitcom or something and the different scenes within the show. And, uh, and I've always been fascinated ever since I learned how to do a storyboard as well as vision board. I'm a big believer in that too. And, uh, and so part of my, I would say one of my favorite things of all time of even hosting this podcast is meeting and interviewing people that are willing to to not just chase after their dreams but do it you know make it happen and and I mean I'm I mean you can go back and listen and and see the guests I've interviewed over the years you know it's just so inspiring whether it is a celebrity like Ross Matthews of course I adore him he called my talk show mentor he's the one that inspired me to to begin this, you know, to give myself something positive and control of my own life after my parents died in 2008. I started this podcast after that in 2009, and, you know, I've taken a hiatus here and there, mostly after my biological father passed 2014. I took a few years off where I just did a few interviews, but, you know, I'm so happy to be back for the most part on my regular, you know, Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, showtime, because I, I just, you know, people ask me all the time, well, you know, are you going to quit your podcast? I'm like, no, it's, I love doing it. I, I have, I, it's been, it's a journey that I want to continue as long as I can for now. I'm not ready to give it up. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, 
look at all the people I've interviewed from nonprofit directors to, you know, to their own patients, their stories. And, you know, whether it's cancer or, or American Heart Association or American Diabetes or epilepsy or, um, you know, just so many things. Those are just a few of mostly named health things. But um, one of my favorites with nonprofit would be Heroes for Hope. You know, Alicia Grady, shout out to her. She's gone through her own health struggles while she's helping these families that have children with cancer. I, I felt so bad. I wanted to go to this event she had Saturday night, and I did, couldn't make it in time because the Oprah event and all that overlapped. And I hope to go to one of her events in the near future. They have they had this awesome, they called it, I think, Galacon, where they have, um, you know, you make any donation and you show up and, you you know, they have free desserts and on and, and uh, appetizers. And you could either come dressed up like a gala, you know, like a ball gown, or you could just wear a superhero outfit. And she has, like, a great team of people, these all volunteers that dress up like superheroes and do these events with them and help these kids out and do these fundraisers and walks and stuff for this organization and if you go back and listen to the interview I can't remember the exact amount now but they she said like the money goes so fast every time because they're always fundraising because because the medical bills are so expensive for these families you know they try to help out a different family each time each month and give them I think it was I think it was thousand fifteen hundred I might be saying it incorrectly because it's been a while and I have to listen back but all I remember is that they they try their best and they try to you know help out as many people as they can even if it's just a little bit at a time um a different family but just something goes a long way you know but it it just goes to show you that there's always another goal like you know always more you can do to help and and people always you know like that you know need more help because i couldn't even begin to imagine how how expensive having a child is and alone and then on top of that, having a child with medical needs, and like like in this case, you know, the group with they focus mostly on uh, helping military veterans and um, and you know families that have children with cancer, and they have done so much. So shout out to them. I just want you know I was thinking about her a lot today. Really wanted to go to the event last night, and then I went to the North Texas Comic Book Show today, and it just made me think a lot about her. So, and Alicia, if you're listening, I adore you. I love you. I am so happy you're feeling better, and you're amazing. You are so inspiring to go through your own health struggles. She, you know, has diabetes. She had, um, you know, she had to go through, sadly, a, a partial amputation, I think, on her foot in um, past year or so. And she's just gone through so much, and yet she continues to give and give and give all she can. And help coordinate these events and fundraise for these families. And I mean, wow, what an inspiration. Um, But yeah, so uh, again, though, I'm so inspired and love interviewing different people um, from nonprofit directors and and their causes to, um, you know, actors and musicians and, and movie directors. And I just, you know, I'm, I've always said creativity is great therapy find your outlet and mine personally I have found is stand-up comedy I, I music too music therapy I call that is good for me too I mean I grew up playing music I don't play music as much now but I can still listen to a song and like hear every single instrument pointed out and I know most song names and artist names and all that good stuff and I've you know taught myself how to read music and how to play piano and guitar you know I'm a little out of practice, but <laughs> proud of myself for 
for figuring out all that. You know, it's like when I started crocheting a while back, I knew I could do it. Uh, and it sounds kind of weird, but it's true. I taught my first crochet class at our library community. I started volunteering teaching uh, crochet classes once a month. And I had my first class, by the way, the day after I had my fall, my injury. I was like, oh, great, I'm right-handed. And I just injured my right hand. And I have my first crochet class in the morning, my group class. And thankfully, it went well. And the students were more than understanding and actually helped me out, like write my outline on the board and all that good stuff. So it it somehow, some way still went really well, thankfully. And I love teaching it. And I knew from day one when I decided um, after I broke my arms, it's how I start crocheting. And beforehand, I was like, I can't crochet. Like, I always wanted to. My grandmother tried to teach me, and I could only crochet one long chain, no more. I could never figure out how to go to that second row. And so, my grandma, my grandmother from Tyler, my dad's adopted dad's side, uh, she was a good cook, by the way, best cook and crochet you'd ever meet. May she rest in peace. She always called. <laughs> these one long chains because it would be very long and I could only do that one chain every time I crocheted every time I would go visit her every time I tried every time grandma I'm going to get it this time I'm going to get it this time I really want to crochet with you I want to make items I want to make an afghan I can do it I can do it every single time one long chain show that's another cute snake blanket just make a different color it's okay. You can keep making your snake blankets. That's what she called them, snake blankets, because it was just one long chain. And sometimes they turn kind of curvy, not even straight lines. And when I broke both my arms, 2008, and they said you have to go to physical therapy every day, and I said I can't drive. You have to, I have to do something. What else can I do? Well, you have to use your arms, no matter what. You have to find something, some form of exercise for your arms. You have to use them every single day. I was like. You're telling me I have two broken arms and I have to use them every day? And the mm -hmm, orthopedic said, yep, that's right. Because the way your arms broke, if you don't, they will be stuck, bent for the rest of your life. Thankfully, they are not. And that's how I began crocheting every day. So I thought at that point in time in my life, I will try again. And I remembered back to I taught myself how to read music. I taught myself how to play guitar, piano. I can do this. So I taught myself how to read crochet patterns, and I taught myself how to actually crochet, and I'm so happy <laughs> that I figured it out. And isn't that something And that now I myself am teaching classes? I have students, like, that is the coolest feeling. I wish my grandma so much could see me now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so long story long, that's what happened there. And, um, anyway, I got so off track. I was talking about people inspire me. And oh, and creativity. So I meet a lot of people uh, over the years that I've interviewed in person and, and by phone that are just, you know, like Luis Montalban is a great example. May he rest former captain. That he, um, when I interviewed him, his book, not long thereafter, became the New York Best Time seller. And I knew he had something good. I just I had a hunch, like, the story is very powerful. And it is. It was about his – he was a military veteran, and it was, this book was about his service dog Tuesday. And sadly, they've both passed since. But – it's still a wonderful story. I encourage you to check it out. And there's a sequel book too, but yeah, it's fine until Tuesday first. Um, and there's an audiobook version too. Um, but yeah, so until Tuesday. And today, um, this ties in together because when I called my friend Lisa about going to the Oprah event, I think I texted her, but anyway, and she was like, I was like, you know, would you would you be interested? Would you go 
you know, with me, and she was like, oh, my gosh, yes, thank you for asking. She was so excited. Oprah, of course, and of course, you know, drop whatever she had. And, you know, if she had any plans, I don't know, but uh, she did. She dropped them because she was really, really wanting to go, and I was so happy, and I was like, this is great, you know. And um, so I was really happy she went with me, and we, you know, got to do that. You know, it's a cool to share experience like that with your friend. And the funniest thing was before we went, she was like, oh, do you have business cards, like, for your podcast and stuff? And I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, well, you should take one. I'll probably t- – I do Mary Kay on the side. I'll probably take some of my uh, business cards. And I was like, yeah, I just want to go just enjoy the day and just, you know, be – I kept saying, I want to open – Have I kept saying, God, please give me an open heart, open mind. I don't know why. I kept asking for that, even though I love Oprah. But I think when I heard it was an all-day event, I just kind of hesitated, like, oh, it's not going to be, like, a two-hour concert. It's going to be an all-day event all day so that was the only hesitation i had was all day all day and and so i was like god give me an open heart open mind about the and to this experience and he did and i was and, and then on the way there i asked lisa oh, did you bring your business card she's like no i was like what she's like yeah i decided not to do that and i was like but you don't want to talk me into bringing my business cards well the day went by i forgot i even had them didn't even think about it, you know, because that really wasn't my intent. And so I happen to, I don't carry them that often. I guess I sh- should start doing so. And, uh, you know, I've had them in this box in my house forever. And then <laughs> we go to the event today, the North Texas Comic Book Show, right? And I almost forgot that I had them, I happen to have them still in my purse from yesterday because I didn't use them. You know, I didn't pass any of them out. Oprah event, just went for the experience and enjoyed the day. And, and uh, focused on the workbook exercises and all that good stuff, you know, Oprah had us do, <laughs> and and the dance parties and all. And then, um, yeah, so I go to this event, and I see this, you know, it's mostly comic books, and, but there's this one vendor that has regular books. And the first book that caught my attention, it says Boy Band, and I love that title. I was like, that is so clever. That title itself caught my attention, Boy Band. Didn't even notice. All I noticed was the title. First thing, like, caught my attention. I was like, I want to know more about this book. Then to the right, I'm looking at it now. It says, soon to be a feature film. I'm like, whoa. It's already a book, and then soon to be a feature film. i got to know more. And so the the, oh, the two ladies there that helped do the book, including the author, they're so, so sweet. So, so sweet. And then they tell me it's a truth about this girl that, you know, falls in love with this guy from a boy band and about their relationship and so cool and they're so sweet both of them are so sweet they both wrote um nice notes and signed the book for me says to shell happy valentine's day oh love jacqueline e smith the author and then the other lady that also worked on the book and big part of this uh with her it said shell mel loves you Oh, Jolita Delgado, and please forgive me if I am mispronouncing Jolita, what a pretty name, Delgado, so, so sweet, and uh, oh, I love this little logo with the guitar in the book, and I gave them my podcast business card because I really want to interview them, and so I'm hoping they follow up. I beg them, please, please, please email me, coordinate, because I cannot wait to interview y'all. And I can't wait to share more with y'all, the listeners. And they are just a great example of those many people I'm talking about that just inspire me and why I don't want to give up this podcast. I want to 
keep going and doing more interviews of of different topics and and people and things because this is what it's all about is not like I'm over or anything don't get me wrong but I love helping interview people I love getting the word out like it's a win-win like they kept saying well thank you and I'm like no thank you you know because I really want to do the interview and they're like well thank you for wanting to interview us and, and do the podcast because you know help get word out and I'm like it's a win-win for both of us like it helps you, but it also helps me because I learn something new every time. I've met so many amazing people, and I just love it. I think this will be a good time to actually play a collage, a mixture of past snippets of past interviews I've done over the years, along with some music. And then I promise to finally get to this. I've shared most of what's happened to Oprah tour, but I think I'll just kind of at least run down the itinerary in general just to give you a feel in case you kind of want to feel like you were there or or if you were there you can compare I think for the most part they're they match up with the other cities I think they stick with the main same outline um if, and you know that was a good question Jabari my friend asked earlier about Oprah was she as enlightened as you see on TV and she was 10 times more enlightened that is no joke I don't know if it's because she's retired from her talk show or she's less stressed but she just seems so much happier like so like 10 times more in line or maybe just the purpose of the event you know is uh you know motivational and positive thinking and kind of style but she was so joyful so joyful i loved it like she just has that light she shines you know and shares with you so beautiful um but anyway so check out this book if you can y'all look it up online called boy band by Jacqueline E Smith I'm going to try to find the link and tweet it out. That's Wind Trail Publishing. And the dedication part is my favorite part. I always love to go straight to the dedication part in a book. It says, for everyone who knows what it is to appreciate good music, especially boy bands, and for my sister. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. So sweet. Um. Speaking of books, one other note I would love to share on a very personal note, sentimental note. One of my old high school friends messaged me the other day, y'all. It's hard not to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. It's happy tears, happy tears, because this is very sentimental for me. My friend, he had written me a few years ago, and he would sent pictures. He went to visit my parents' grave sites, mostly for my father. My father taught at my high school. And he was like always teacher of the year, very popular, uh, you know, made a huge influence, positive influence on many students' lives. It's funny because he was a really strict teacher, but he was very po- he was popular teacher, teacher of the year and everything. Like from day one of school, kids would be like, oh, no, oh, no, not Mr. Goldthorpe. Oh, no. And then by the last day, they're like, love him, like just adore him. And uh, my dad would always win their hearts over somehow, some way. And this just means the world to me because, you know, like I said, you know, both my parents died in 2008. And I don't talk about them a whole lot because I just kind of keep the wall up, so to speak. And um, anyway, um, I shouldn't say like anyway because my parents were important to me. Don't get me wrong. My friend Anthony, Anthony Cassandra, I cannot thank him enough, has written me a few years ago with a kind note saying he was writing a book and, you know, I visited, you know, he had asked me, like, where my parents were buried, so I gave him the info, and then next thing I know, he messaged me, you know, like, I think the next day, he and his wife went out there and, and took pictures of him putting flowers down at my father's, my parents' gravesite and all that. Very nice. Such a kind gesture. 
And then recently, after a few years, he messaged me again, said he finally finished his book, and it's going in the publication, and he is dedicating the book to my father. Like, wow. That is so cool. Then he messaged me again and said, well, how, you know, how do you want your name listed? Because I, I told him, I said, all I want is a copy of, your, of this book with your autograph. I want you to sign it. And I want to interview you. I have to interview on my podcast about your book, please. And he was like, of course. And so he asked um, my name and my podcast to put in the, in, I guess, in the, like thank you notes or something or contributions. I'm not sure. Part of the book. So, so I was already ecstatic that my that he's dedicating the book to my father that passed, and now my name's going to be included in the book too. Like that is so kind. Like. My heart is deeply touched, y'all. Do you know I'm counting down the days until I get this book in my hands? I cannot wait. I am so proud of you if you're listening, Anthony. And I know my father, who I called Papa, is so proud of you, too. It's called Dry Glass Eyes, and it is coming soon to a bookstore near you. And I'm so proud of you. Amul C. Cassandra is how his author name is listed. I call him Anthony, but Amul Cassandra, A-M-U-L, then C period, and then Cassandra is K-A-S-U-N-D-R-A. So I'm not sure if you can pre-order it yet, but please don't forget. I'll remind y'all when when it's when it's time because it's coming, and I am so excited. But that was one of the nicest, uh, and right around Valentine's Day. I mean, how cool is that? Because my parents always sent, like, roses to schools, like, had flowers delivered for my sister and me as kids growing up to the schools. Like, we, I remember one year we thought we were in trouble, and it was one by one we got called to the principal's office saying we were in trouble in the intercom, and it turned out our parents had sent us flowers for Valentine's Day. How sweet is that? So it's very touching and fitting that oh, we get such a nice surprise that message around Valentine's Day that my friend has written a book and dedicating it to my father. That's so cool. All right. I could go on because it was just so heartwarming. I'm so touched by that. All right. So here we go. I'm going to find a song to play for y'all and then come back and uh, just kind of go through the, the outline of the Oprah event yesterday and see if I missed anything in general. And uh, yeah. And man. How do I choose a song after that? Oh, Sunshine. This is a song my friend, artist Bean, Noel Bean, wrote in memory of her father that died rather young. All right. Enjoy. I'll be right back. Seven years since you've been gone. Remorseful little voices saying what's done is done. Midnight chimes and night Of a bitter goodbye, I know things went wrong. One final choice led me down a road I don't belong, darling. No, someday, somehow, we'll meet again. And until then, here's a solemn vow. You're mine.
The day was muted, just a flash before my eyes. Heard the newsmen been confused as I watched my mother cry. And the stars were shy as I looked up from that wooden swing. Watching fireworks and wondering if you were watching me. Again, that was Sunshine by Bean, who wrote the song about her father who um, passed away on July 4th when she was younger from drug overdose. Very sad story indeed, and I'm so happy that she is able to share it and express through her music. She's, I know, touched so many lives. I've begged her to go on tour and just like perform that particular song and share her story with those like at rehabilitation centers and, and treatment centers and all just to give them encouragement to keep going and, and live for their family and, and daughters like you, you know, but uh, yeah, the album itself is great. That's one of the more serious songs. She has like, you heard the first song at the beginning of the show was let's go. It's very upbeat bubbly, but, um, but yeah, check it out bean. And, uh, and there's a music video of that song too, by the way, sunshine, it's just beautiful. All right. And, uh, Okay, so let me just, before we wrap up tonight, I've got about 10 minutes to go, uh, just go through briefly this itinerary outline that we had in case I overlooked anything at the Oprah event. Um, let's see here. Okay, this one lady, a few people have done like video reviews of the day of Oprah, you know, from the other city tours. Um see here on the Oprah tour. Uh, okay, here we go. This one I found was pretty good. If I can 
I posted it on my own page earlier. Here we go. So the, it was, it was kind of good and bad because, like, I knew what to expect for the day, but then that was kind of bad, too, because it made it not as exciting for myself. But, you know, didn't want to run it for anyone else kind of thing, you know. But I guess for me personally, it made more ease. Like, I knew it was coming. Like, if I hadn't looked at it, I wouldn't have known, like, the first couple of hours were a dance party and you wait for Oprah to come out later, you know, that kind of thing. So that worked out because we had a lot of – I mean – there were a lot of people there from other places. They weren't just Dallas. Like people flew in from around the world, around the U.S. as well, of course. And um, some of their flights were late, and so I like I was like, wow. So it kind of worked out that those. I think there was only one couple I saw come in late after Oprah started speaking, and they didn't miss much of her time. So for the most part, they didn't miss too much. More than just the dance time. Then that's probably why they do it that way. Started out, you know, getting everybody active and give Oprah some time. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, so the itinerary here, um, this is on JenniferDLaws.com. Trying to see what town she went to. Brooklyn, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, February 8th. Okay, so she went like a week ago. Yeah, she she her outline was the best. She did the best review blog I'd found, most detailed. So pretty cool. Um, her, oh, and she had Michelle Obama at hers. Wow, cool. Um yeah, she said she was fed spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Well said, well said. Oprah even partnered with Panera to feed everyone. And and she's right. We had option of veggie sandwich, turkey sandwich, or salad. And it came with chips, apple, and bottled water. Every single person I saw had a turkey sandwich <laughs> because the boxes were labeled. And I saw everyone carrying boxes. I didn't see one person with anything else. It's like we all chose turkey sandwiches, at least in my section. Oh, that was so crazy. Um, yeah, so anyway, the outline pretty much here is, they call it the pre-show, the first couple of hours, daybreakers, the group, uh, have dance party. Then the morning session, you know, Oprah welcome, is, welcomes everyone. Um, opening talk shares her wellness journey. Um, then we do a workbook exercise. Um, oh, and then we do the quiet, I forgot about the big quiet yeah Jesse Israel he did a really really good meditation it wasn't too long 10-15 minutes I think it wasn't too long maybe 30 minutes at most but he did really well I never in my life thought I would be in a room of 17,000 people that quiet he he forewarns you and says you know before we start this meditation it's going to be so quiet now you won't just hear a pin drop so you may actually hear more sneezes than cough I was like oh no but he was right he's right it happened you could hear people around like oh you could hear you could hear someone all across the venue from opposite sides that had a cough or whatever that you normally wouldn't have heard you know so that was kind of weird but the meditation itself and you you know focus it it was good um then we took Let's see, what do we do after that? Um, oh, then we did another workbook exercise. And then um, transformation talk. Oh, yeah, I think that's the Weight Watchers lady, if I remember right, did the transformation talk. Um, then we took our lunch break. That was probably an hour or so lunch break. Because I remember thinking, I waited line almost the whole hour just to get the lunch because I almost bought lunch. I was like, no, nah, you know, I ate good breakfast. I can just weigh it out. And um, it was just so crowded, though. That was the only thing. The traffic flow with the lines weren't that great at our venue. I don't know about y'all, but it was like at standstill. It was crazy. Um, but eventually it moved, and we all got our nice lunches. That was very, very cool. Um, oh, and I mentioned the welcome bag, uh, the Oprah bag, the burlap style bag had goodies in it. Um, some of her company partners on the tour. Um, I can't remember now. I don't have it with me. 
oh gosh, there was a deodorant, and a, I think it was degree. And there was Vaseline, which was really cool because, you know, the Vaseline, I think of like you open the jar and you put your finger in or Q-tip in or whatever, you know, with the the Vaseline gel. This one's it's Vaseline brand, but it's it's shaped like a deodorant ball, but it's like for dry skin. And you just like rub it like a, you know, over your palm, your hands or whatever. It's it's kind of neat. It's I think they did it to be less messy. It's pretty clever. Great packaging product. Um, I really like it. Um, and then there's another one. I think it's a body wash. It's called I forgot what it's called, but it's something like environmental, like Planet Love or something. It's it's pretty cool. And my favorite of all the goodies besides the workbook is the Oprah pen because you know I collect pens. I'm a journalist and I just love the Oprah pen. Um, and then just to kind of uh, wrap it up, the last of the day on the outline we had. Um, oh, excuse me. We had. Um, let's see. Kenergy, Julianne Huff came out with a group and she has this new thing called Kenergy Movement Experience and um, that was really cool. She she intertwined these elements of like fire and rain and stuff and kind of, not exactly a story but just kind of goes through like imagine you know, you're you know, in the fire rain and then, you know, do these dance movements. And it was extremely powerful. I, I heard one guy didn't like it so much, but uh, one of the reviews, but I thought it was awesome. And the, the my favorite part with Julianne Huff was she gets this one point where like you're, you're doing the dance motions and she's like, okay, this is like life where you just want to quit. You just want to give up, but you're going to keep going, keep going. And like, there's a crescendo in the music and it's just like so emotional. And she goes to this one woman that, she, and earlier in the dance, she had taken her hat, like danced with her and, you know, it was just being silly and stuff and playing around. And then she goes back to that woman and she takes her, her arm and puts her hand over her heart. And the woman just has like, a breakdown like just starts crying and it was just so beautiful and it looks like Julianne's trying not to cry and it was a very beautiful moment like you just tell the woman was very um you know emotional and affected by the words and the movement it was it was really cool um beautiful moment uh, I just adored that lady and um let's see and then uh almost done oh then we did another workbook exercise <laughs> <laughs> you get to your workbook, you get your exercises, and then um, and then we did the ripple effect uh, with a lady named Mindy Grossman. I can't remember if she's also from Weight Watchers or not. I can't remember. They we had, we had a couple of women that had lost a lot of weight in Weight Watchers. One of them from our area, another one that was on tour with them from somewhere else. Um, share their stories and come out, and that was cool. They talked about the ripple effect and positive effect. Oh, one of the women started looking. I think Latinos running group uh, talking about that she was one of the few Latinos she knew of herself that liked to run uh, when she started losing weight, you know, she decided to start running to lose weight. And she would hear comments all the time from her fellow Latinos saying like Latinos never run. And she's like, I, I've got to break the bear. So she started, that's why she started the group called the you know, like Latino, I think Latinos run. And she said that uh, they just opened a Dallas group, but they specific, there were so many requests for a woman-only Latinos run group that they did that, too. Um, so that's cool. And then, um, so that's what they're talking about, Ripple Effect, that, you know, she started a group, and then others, and now it's like nationwide thing, I think. They have several other groups like that. Um, and then Oprah, oh, oh, yeah, uh, the interview, of course, Tracy Ellis Ross, I, I shared with when we talked to Jabari earlier, was so beautiful with her finally, you know, following her passion to sing and do this movie coming out soon. I can't wait to see it. 
And my favorite part was the most wonderful part. Why she, no wonder why she saves it for last. Is Oprah shares the story, and I've got to I've got to end on this note because it just goes to show you it doesn't matter your background or color skin or whatever. You could have something in common with someone. And I had no idea. I was shocked to learn how much I had in common with Oprah. I had no idea, no idea. I mean, look at Oprah and me. You're so opposite, right? Like, I'm Caucasian. She's African-American. She's very rich. I am not. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, I still love my life, my family, friends, I'm, and my dog, and I'm very blessed. But I would never thought that I would have a common ground like this with Oprah. But I do. So at the end of the day, this is how I'm going to wrap up my podcast tonight. At the end of the day, Oprah shares the story. It talks about when she was born. She was born out of wedlock, and her mom was only 17. Same here. Same here. And it was a one-time, only had sex sex once. Same here. Same scenario in that regard. Wow, right? And Oprah was born. Like me, I was like, yep, my birth parents, one-time sex. Biological mom, 17 when she gave me up for adoption. Now, Oprah's mom kept her, as you all know. But she, uh, you know, had one daughter that was given up for adoption that Oprah says that her mom always denied was her daughter. And that daughter ended up taking care of their mom before she passed. I mean, wow. Wow. So touching. So touching. Talk about forgiveness and love and compassion and humanity. Wow. Before her mom died, she 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 had some issues with her mom. Um, her mom didn't always stand up for her. You know, like she was abused, and her mom didn't stand up for her. And these things happened, and I think it was just something I needed to hear myself, and a lot of us did. And Oprah said she didn't know what the right words to say to her mom, and she and she realized at the end she told her mom, you know, you know, you you did keep me, you did the best you could, what you thought was best for me at the time. And I would not have turned out to be the person I am if it hadn't been the way things were. She realized at the end that if her if the relationship hadn't been different, she probably wouldn't have ended up as strong a woman as she is and, 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 and how it all turned out. So amazing. So amazing. So powerful. And she said, um, you know, so she made peace with her mom, let all the anger go out the window, you know, so like just amazing. And then the sister I also have this in common. The sister that was given up for adoption that, that none of them knew about till later on. My own brothers did not know about me. They didn't know until the last minute. Hey, by the way, you have a sister that was given up for adoption. You're going to meet her tomorrow. Like, it was just like a quick, like, whoa, what, what, wow, kind of thing, you know? And uh, so it was, it was weird to relate both ways to Oprah and to her sister that was given up for adoption. I was like, whoa. And, uh, yeah, and she said that the sister came in the room, you know, when the mom was passing and before she died and said, you know, mom, yes, I was given up for adoption, but I'm here. Like, you're about to pass away, and I am here right now. I am here for you. I am here. Just just amazing, powerful story. But yeah, she wraps up the day telling this story, and 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 it was good to hear that, especially, like, if you have a relationship, like, uh, you know, I have some, you know, like I mentioned earlier, relationships is, like, one of my um, things working on, but at the same time, you know, I realize I can't always be people pleaser, even to those who I love most. And when the relationship is challenging, especially someone like, you know, like a mother figure that you want to be close with, and just there's some things you just can't get along or you can't agree on, but you still love them. 
And when Oprah said that, it just, oh, peace overcame me. Like, I needed to hear that. <laughs> like, wow, that was so powerful to, that Oprah realized, you know, that that it was a cause-effect house, you know. It, in the long run, it helped her become this better person and strong person. And, and she wouldn't have turned out the way she was. And she wouldn't have been, you know, Oprah Winfrey. Well, maybe she'd be Oprah Winfrey, but she wouldn't be like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it's Oprah Winfrey. You know what I mean? But everybody's important at the same time, so I have to be careful how I word that because I still think that you are just as important as Oprah Winfrey. And that may sound crazy, but I truly believe that because every single human being is important. All right, and I love you all, and I hope you all had a great Valentine's Day weekend. But I hope that you treat every day like Valentine's Day and keep spreading love because we need it more and more in this world. And um, I guess that's my Valentine's Day message to all of you is I love you and take care of yourselves and each other and wishing each of you a safe and wonderful week ahead and message me say hi anytime on twitter at coffee talk wc and i'd love to hear your guest interview request and your topic suggestions so feel free to send those my way too all right thank you so much for listening to coffee talk with shell where there's always variety in life keep tuning in sunday night 8 p.m central time and you can go back and archives and listen to past episodes on itunes and blog talk radio too All right, good night prayers. This is Shell signing off for now.